Thing. Welcome to Entitled Town. We discussed an extending an invite to Greg Bedard, but we decided that he was too short on integrity and character. I had no clue. We're going to be positive every day. You're the people being negative. You're some of the fans. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door, and Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yashramski booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. It's the Entitled Town Week 2 wrap-up. Uh, hello, friends. My name is Mike Irons. Dan is here. Scarzi is here. John and Shaq are not here. They are not on suspension, allegedly. Scarzi, I'll start with you. Patriots 25, Jets 6. Peter King probably finds that score odd and sad or odd and confusing at some point, but your impressions of a division road win in the Meadowlands. Apparently, that's the second time in their history the Patriots have won a game by that exact score, which he might find actually interesting, or Ben Volan could find it interesting. I find it interesting. I found the win to be impressive. Anytime you win by 19 points, that is by almost definitionally impressive. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that they won a game on the road. Like you say, it's a division game. It, it, you know, X's out losing a division game at home, more or less. It's a, it's, I'm, a, I'm, I'm happy with that. There was rushing touchdowns scored by the Patriots and no touchdowns scored by the Jets, which is a good thing. It's uh, definitionally when you score more points than the other team, that is a win. So I'm, I liked, uh, like I said, I liked the running game. I liked, uh, I liked all the interceptions. It makes it tough to, uh, makes it tough to compete when you're, you know, tossing the ball to the other team. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a Bobo Hong footy pajama wearing Patriots fan and be happy with this one. And, Enjoy it for several hours before looking forward to uh, looking forward to the Saints game. That's fair enough, Scartelli. I I do have to admit because I'm I giggled most of the day <laughs> seeing the Jets slogan "All gas, no break" placed plastered around MetLife Stadium. As Zach Wilson, please don't let him near an open flame because he was throwing gas on everything related to the Jets' hopes in winning that game. Dan, your impressions of the Patriots, uh, Mac Jones's first win and the Patriots first win of the 2021 season. You know, the first two weeks of the season, I was watching a lot of bad situational football, like, uh, the Vikings, we watched them playing, uh, playing not to lose. And of course, putting it all on a field goal kicker that he probably should have made that kick, but still they had all the time in the world to get back. And I saw, Kyler Murray, when he could have uh, tried to close out a game, he's, yep. he's hurtling over a couple guys to get out of bounds. And you're thinking, what are you doing? The week before that, I saw uh, with the Cowboys game, they could have tried to close that game out. And here's just uh, bad time at, at the end with uh, C.D. Lamb going out of bounds a couple of times and on their final drive. So when you put that up against the Patriots, who are doing exactly what you're supposed to do to secure a game, what else needs to be said than, than that? They did what they needed to do to assure the win. 
Why? I don't. Why? I don't care if it's considered ugly football. That's a, a twenty-five to six game is not an ugly win. It was a situational football masterpiece. The Jets are stepping on their dicks the entire game. Why put the ball in jeopardy? Why throw the ball downfield? Why not hit the open receiver underneath? I don't understand. I feel like Ted Sarandis. You know why about talking about BC hoops? What's wrong with running the football? What's wrong with letting the other team give you the game. You have a rookie quarterback. He's not making any mistakes. The Jets made it pretty easy. That game was under control the entire way. Why give them an opportunity by putting the football at risk? We saw what happened when the football is, is handled carelessly week one against Miami. That was, they gave them the damn game. The Jets gave them the, the damn game in week two. Why do I sound like Keyshawn Johnson throwing the word damn around, but they're one and one. They played a very, very solid game. They have a good football team coming to Foxborough in the Saints next weekend, despite the Saints getting curb stomped uh, in week two. They had a lot of COVID issues on their coaching staff. But um, anyway, it was a good win, a division road win by three scores with a rookie at quarterback. I, I can't see how anyone could throw cold water on that. But oh, actually, I'm hearing that Media Dan is throwing cold water on it. The Mediates and Mac. This is segment two. Mediates and Mac. Here's the raw stats. Jones was 22 of 30, 186 yards, 6.2 yards in attempt. Um, Dan, give some context. And we've all read, and anyone who's listening to this podcast has read the the Mac naysayers, Evan Lazar claiming he can't throw the ball down the field, which is Fairly interesting considering that the Alabama had two top 10 receivers drafted in last year's draft, but you know, Jones can't throw the ball. So is, should we, should we just give up now or wait until uh, after the saints game? Oh, I, I think from them, we should just give up now. You know, I'm, I never wanted to do this, but I, I'm going to compare Mac Jones to Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, people just have a very short memory for what it was like when Tom Brady first started up with the Patriots and the 2001 season, uh, his second season in the league. And his first start out, he, he going up against the Colts, it was a 44-13 win, and he completed all of 13 passes for out, out of 23 for 168. The, then he had the terrible loss to Miami where he threw for all of 86 yards. One to nothing loss down in Miami, yes. Yeah. Well, actually, 30 to, 30 to 10 in that one. I had the margin right, at least. Yeah. Well, he had the, the terrible one with like four interceptions later and later in the season. But, you know, the point is we talked about this offline uh, rookie quarterbacks. Granted, Brady wasn't a rookie then, but rookie quarterbacks first starting out. It takes some time. Uh, uh, Manning, we're talking about the number of interceptions that, that Manning had in his rookie year. Twenty eight interceptions in Peyton Manning's rookie year. Yeah. And they went it, all in related news. They went three and 13. Scartsy, um, style points, that sort of thing. You know, we're not into that sort of thing on this podcast. However, I mentioned it was a situational football masterpiece, Scartelli. The Patriots had 260 yards of total offense. The Jets had 336. Uh, as we mentioned, one of the things you liked about the, uh, the season, uh, the road opener, was that the Jets did not put the ball in the end zone. So uh, the Mac naysayers, what, what do you have to say about uh, what just opine about 
you know, what do you think of the media furor regarding Mac and kind of what I would consider gaslighting? Oh, well, there's some talk that um, the red zone offense has some uh, difficulties right now. There could be something to that. But if you're upset about the fact that they didn't punch it in at the end of the game when they were up by, what would it have been, 16 points, yep. and they were just looking to chew clock up at that point, any, any points would be enough to put the game just about, uh, just about entirely out of reach for the Jets with the time left. Situational the, football. Situational football, exactly. And, and the idea that he wasn't throwing it to the uh, tight ends or any nonsense like that. I, I'm, I am not vexed by that. I'm not vexed by the 260 yards of total offense. When the other team spots you a bunch of turnovers, you're going to have a short field a bunch of times. So if you don't reach some magic 300 uh, yard number or whichever, that's okay. Um, the only people who would care is the ones I suppose who took the over for the game. And you know, that's a, uh, that's life. You know, we're sometimes, approached. Go ahead, Scarty. Sometimes things uh, things work out where you know your team scores and you prevent the other team from scoring, and that's going to. Uh, I don't know if people have. Uh, sometimes the Jets are going to jet, and that's a, even even at, even at their home opener. When you're a Jet, you're a Jet, and Zach Wilson, R.I.P.I.P. on your, your Rookie of the Year uh, candidacy, at least early in the season. Um, I'll say this, the um, kind of the over-the-top theater acting saying that Mac Jones can't throw the ball deep after 100, 120 minutes of football, that's putting aside the fact that the right tackle in Sunday's game, it was terrible. They got a lot of pressure, despite what we heard about the Patriots' offensive line um, to start the season. The pass protection wasn't good. Why do seven-step drops to, get, to let these weapons who I've been told can't get open go down the field just so you can put the ball in jeopardy. It's, it's insanity. These mediates are playing both sides of the fence. And I hate to say, actually I don't hate to say is that Evan Lazar, who's been on this podcast breaks down, you know, film. And I, I feel like he's falling into the gaslighting part of it. Maybe he's been let in the lodge. Uh, Dan, why don't you wrap up? Uh, why don't you wrap up this segment on Mac Jones, mediates, no deep balls, uh, dink, dunk, what have you. Yeah, the, the part of the frustrating thing on this is how they act as if there's no book on Mac Jones when you just have last season. Go back and watch him. You know, go back and watch how many passes he was completing and and just putting up a record season in Alabama. I I think the those highlights are go going to come. I don't think we even have to wait that long for them. Agreed. And so um, my brother, John, actually retweeted this earlier today. This is, a, this is from Brady Farkas from WDEV Radio uh, in New England. He had Jets broadcaster Bob Wischusen on talking about the Jets-Patriots game and Mac Jones's performance. This is 24 seconds, and this is all you really need to hear regarding situational football and Mac Jones's performance on Sunday, as well as Zach Wilson's performance on Sunday. Uh, Bill Parcells always used to say there's only two jobs a quarterback has. It's to get his team in the end zone and for his team to win the game. And watching that yesterday, how Zach Wilson was playing, how confused he was, how good the Patriot defense was, the only way that the Patriots were going to lose that game was if Matt Jones took unnecessary risks and screwed it up.
So there's something we didn't hear from the, the usual suspects in Boston media. The Patriots defense was really good. And Mac Jones didn't have to do anything because that was what the, the situation called for. Again, situational football. We've been witness for two plus decades to a PhD level class in situational football, great quarterback play, great team play, terrific coaching. And st- the, why does the media, Scotty, really quickly, the media, is it getting worse or am I just jaded in my old age? I think they've got uh, a new uh, a new toy to chew on is what it comes down to. This, uh, they're, you know, putting all their, you know, hopes and fears onto the person of uh, Mac Jones. And maybe he's not going to be, you know, like, uh, like the quarterback that they had for the previous, uh, previous 20 years, you know, prior to last, you know, fake season. And that's, uh, and the fans, the fans, both fans with an S and fans with a Z Mm -hmm. have, you know, have worries, concerns, and, you know, they have their, you know, their rooting interest tied up in the rookie. So they know that they can uh, get people all, uh, yep. all jazzed up and tuning in and uh, watching the, watching the, watching the replay programs and such. So they've, if, if, if they're worse, it's because they know that they've got a uh, captive audience. Agree. There's some, a lot of validity to what you say there, Scartelli. I feel like, and I reference this in a tweet that I'm going through Groundhog Day. I was told 20 years ago that Tom Brady couldn't throw the deep ball. He was a system quarterback. He was dinking and dunking. I mean, same as it ever was, Dan. Same as it ever was. What's what's your take on that? You know, I think they called an audible. All of them, every single one of them, with the exception of uh, Tommy Curran, thought that Cam was going to be the guy. So they had their narrative in place for that. They they thought, let's if they're looking for a negative narrative there, that's like, well, obviously Cam's doing this wrong or doing that wrong. Why don't they play Mac Jones? And instead they're playing Mac Jones. So they have to change up what that narrative is going to be. Agreed. And I, to end this subject, I talked about the average yards per attempt that Jones had on Sunday, six two yards attempt friend of the podcast. Pete McNulty has a new stat. It's the uh, air independent delineated statistics for passing yardage, <laughs> codename AIDS. So keep that in mind when you're listening to uh, the Boston media discuss Mac Jones. Um, Scartelli, I'd like to quickly hit, I wrote an article, you're the, uh, the managing editor of the website, the15net.com. I wrote a brief piece on the new beat writer for The Athletic. His name is Matt Fairburn. Matt Fairburn, who is a pretty virulent Patriots hater tweet who tweeted in February 6, 2012, right after the Giants beat the Patriots in Super Bowl 46 in Indianapolis. He tweeted that he loved that Welker blew it. Bill hasn't won since they got caught cheating. Matt Fairburn said that he deleted in a response to our cat-loving friend, um, Joey Jojo Shabadu. He responded, hi, Joey, deleted that to spare my friends from an onslaught of Twitter nonsense. Don't know what else you're referring to. Well... He, he did a lot of other referring to stuff that I broke down on the 15net.com, but is it odd, is it sad, or is it both that the athletic Boston is morphing into quickly the unathletic Medway um, regarding the coverage of the Patriots? It's odd, it's sad, and it's predictable. 
I, they just, they're following the, uh, they're following the 98.5, uh, game plan to a T where the, where it's, uh, you know, if it bleeds, it leads the negativity, like, uh, like the rictator says it, you know, ruins everything here. I'm, I'm, I am willing to, you know, give the guy a fair shot at his new job. I, I'm not. Well, that, that, that's, you know, that's a difference between you and me. I mean, I'm an, I'm an, Hopefully I'm an eternal you're not optimist. the only one. There you go. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but hey, uh, I, I'm more than happy to, you know, put on the spikes and, you know, jump up on down on him if he proves to be no better than he was when he was covering the bills. But the, so he's yeah, in the-, the, the, the ridiculous, uh, the ridiculous dissembling and the, that nonsensical uh, explanation as to why he was uh, deleting tweets like there was no tomorrow. That that uh, that's uh, you know it insults us both really. It really was. Maybe he was writing for the dildo tossers up in uh, Western New York. But uh, before I throw it to you, Dan uh, Scarty, I get your point about these guys are all dancing for ninety-eight-five, who are definitely the king of the ratings hill. The Boston Radio Watch. Uh, Twitter account tweeted today, and I thought this was was fairly interesting and not in the Ben Bolin sense, uh, but that account tweeted, based on the fading ratings and disappearing circulation, no one is interested in anti-patriots, anti-Belichick, anti-craft propaganda coming from the lights of EEI, NBCS takes tonight, or the Globe. So that's heartening. So we got to set our sights perhaps on 98.5. Uh, Dan, your thoughts. Dan, your thoughts. Well, so far, I think Fairburn's playing it pretty straight. Like he wrote about uh, James White uh, yesterday or today, which, you know, how, how safe of a, there's nobody can say anything negative about James White. Nobody oh, ever challenge flag, <laughs> challenge flag, but go ahead. Do you know where that challenge flag is? Pointed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nobody ever wants to say something negative about James White. Always a shoestring tackle away. Yeah, right. Totally forgot about that. No, I mean, just like you said, if, 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 Charitably, we can say that he was maybe playing to to his audience in Buffalo. So it's just a matter of which audience is he going to play to here? Is he playing it going to play it straight, or is he going to play to Felger's crowd? I don't understand. While everybody, I think it's pretty easy to gravitate to the side of the Felcherites and the fabricated storylines and the gaslighting narratives. You know, the three of us could go on a, a Seattle area podcast and gaslight Pete the Poodle, despite his success in Seattle. Um, you know, for the past decade plus, I'd also like to point out, you know, being our, our Seattle and Pacific Northwest correspondent, I turned on the radio today, you know, the radio was clearly on from the Mariners game last night, Scartelli. I wasn't tuning in, uh, to listen to sports talk radio in Seattle, but sports talk in Seattle is complaining about Russell Wilson, not taking the singles and going for the grand slam every time. And why isn't he checking down underneath? And it's like bizarro world it's you know two <laughs> successful terrific franchises yet you got the the preset narratives on each end so anyway that's that's my own a small look into my own private hell listening to sports by the way mike socks back in my life and in related news uh the seattle weather forecast is going to be heading down along with my mood moving forward the rest of the season uh why is that i'll tell you after this um Quickly, before we get to a couple of uh, thought-provoking listener emails, Greg Bedard, I referenced it at the, the top, Dan, 
Six foot three Mac Jones is evidently too short to succeed in the National Football League. Now, again, um, I'm going to go back to our our, pa- our pal McNulty here. If my uh, Twitter machine will help me out here, it's been bookmarked. Mac Jones is six three. Patrick Mahomes is six three. Lamar Jackson six two. Aaron Rodgers six two. Six four with the man bun. Drew Brees was six feet. Russell Wilson is five foot eleven. Um, police uh, squad laugh gif.com and Kyler Murray is less than 510 let's just leave it at that so um, anytime that you think Greg Bedard is respectable or knows what he's looking at Dan go ahead you know and this is on top of what he said about uh, Myers and and playing slot receiver do you say that 201 pounds too small but yeah but too small how how tall does Bedard think a slot player is supposed to be. How tall did he think Wes Welker was? I, it, you know, it's it's not exactly apples and oranges, but do you guys know who Rondale Moore is, the new Cardinal receiver? Yeah. Kyler Murray can post him up. I mean, the guy is, is Muggsy Bogues-esque. Scartelli, listen, I am, everyone knows how I feel about Bedard, but I really feel like he's dancing for more airtime so he can, I, I don't know, maybe the, his, stim, his stimmy check has been used up. Maybe his gift cards are gone. What do you think? Well, from what I understand, he didn't actually just say he's too short. He said something along the lines of maybe he can't see over his linemen or some such thing. And we do know that linemen are generally, you know, huge players that have right. their own zip codes and so forth and so on. But uh, still, he's, he's not above making things up. I do recall something along the lines of he's under the impression that uh, Quinn Norton is uh, faking his uh, injury as to why he was placed on injured reserve. Oh, my leg. I think it's broken. Uh, Exactly. Whatever, whatever his injury is a, uh, you know, abdominal or some such thing, but uh, yeah. And like I, like I said, uh, like I said, over on the Twitter machine, if, uh, someone who makes up their subscription numbers is going to think everyone else lies too. It's a matter of projection. I, that's the mic drop moment. Don't drop the mic because we all sound a little bit better now that we all have microphones. Um, it's, it's absurd. It's preposterous, but it's totally predictable. Uh, when you go on that station with those people, caller, <laughs> you, you, you just, you, I judge you by the company you keep and Jimmy Stewart, Michael Felcher, and the despicable Tony Maserati do not keep very good company. So Bedard's too short or says that Mac Jones is too short. I would say maybe he's having trouble looking at the film over his mounting debt in front of him, but that's neither here nor there. God bless the people at CLNS media, not just for Lazar's deteriorating takes, but for taking on a portion of almost the coach's website. A couple of listener emails this week. We have a new emailer. Uh, this is Jackson Keohane. I don't think he's related to Durham from Channel 5 fame, but uh, Jackson wants to know that he writes us. He wanted to share how much he enjoys the show and specifically the episode with the media guy from Seattle, who both guys from Seattle, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant, Mike Sock, just gassed so he could come back aboard uh, 710 ESPN Seattle coincidentally when uh, football season starts when the ratings go up so we can look like a hero well done Saki. well done uh 
he wanted to bring to our attention that the morning after Nikhil Harry was injured, uh, he had the preseason game on 98.5, and evidently he woke up early the next morning because he was listening to the game. Adam Jones and Christian Arcand were filling in for Toucher and Rich. He believes Christian Arcand said it, but he flat out said, quote, when I saw Harry was hurt, I thought, good. I'm glad he's out. Jones chuckled along. However, I was appalled. It was in the 6 a.m. hour, and I believe someone must have said something because it was, you didn't hear that take again in the station. I mean, believable. Uh, he's also a huge Thornton of Jerry Thornton's writing, and he wants to know if we've checked out his podcast and what we think of it. I have not listened to Thornton's podcast myself. Thornton is, you know, he's been on the show. He was generous with his time. I don't find a lot of what he does particularly compelling. I find it a tad offensive that he does not call out a lot of the gaslighting and lying and out just disingenuity. Is that even a word, Dan, in what goes on in Boston media? Um, but I don't think that's his personality either. Um, what do you, any thoughts on, you know, Bonesy Jones and the despicable Arcand or Jerry Thornton, Dan? I uh, tuned into Jerry's first show of his new podcast. I, I, I kind of tuned out because he spent like the first 20 minutes going back and forth with his uh, 22, 22 year old producer. Um, but he had tech on later and you know, that it, it got a little bit better at that point. Scartelli, any thoughts on Thornton or uh, I think we're all in lockstep regarding the Bonesy and our canned uh, shenanigans. Oh, sure. You, you, the, like I'm, I'm going to say this every time, the uh, the referees derailed Nicole Harry's career so far. Agreed. Agreed a thousand percent. I'm looking forward to coming back. If, Me too. If the reports are to be believed, Nikhil Harry and um, Mac Jones had a, a fairly good connection in camp. So let's hope that holds true. Um, so he also thanks us for the free show. Go Pats, you're welcome. Uh, we can put our Venmo in the Entitled Town um, <laughs> Twitter account if you'd like. If you want to Venmo us and buy us up a couple of drinks, you know, we certainly wouldn't say no. Uh, veteran Entitled Town emailer Vinny Jace uh, wants to, he, he says, how does he know if Jones is any good if he didn't throw a touchdown against the Jets caller? You can't play against rookie quarterbacks every week. Uh, does the Haran injury and injury to Trent Bound concern me? I'm really not into concerns, Vinny. It's just, I enjoy the games. I trust they'll get it right. Um, uh, next week's opponent, New Orleans, Scartelli. Uh, as for what I think about New Orleans, uh, very well coached. They're kind of Patriots light in the NFC. It's hard to believe they only got to one Super Bowl with Drew Brees, but they're there every year taking their kicks to the can. Um, nothing but respect for Sean Payton, what he's done down there. It, he made a mistake hiring, uh, who was the, uh, the former bills coach, Greg Williams, piece of garbage, yeah. Greg Williams. Uh, but then again, Bill Belichick hired the despicable Dean Pease, who's been behind a lot of things for a decade and a half, but your thoughts on the upcoming game of the saints, Mr. Scartelli. Well, they will be back in Foxborough. So, uh, I guess, uh, I guess burning down the Superdome won't help. I, I <laughs> so we, we will have to, we'll have to figure out some other, uh, some other tactic we'll, we'll be seeing, you know, we'll be seeing Winston, which should be interesting. He was, you know, possibly a consideration for a Patriots quarterback last season. 
And that, uh, that's true. That, that's, that's one of those, what if scenarios. And that's, it's a, they're, they're a good team. They play well in all three phases of the game to, you know, borrow a deathless phrase <laughs> and it, uh, it, it should be a good game. I'd like it if, uh, like it if we could get, uh, you know, get our uh, right tackle back. Right. Any, any, anyone, uh, anyone but the guy who is out there, you know, for the majority of the game. It, you know, it's, it's not his fault. You know, and anytime you're down to a third stringer, you know, you're not going to be, uh, they're going to, the, the Jets, uh, they're, they're, they're a National Football League franchise and they can realize that when there's a, uh, when there's an advantage to be had and to, uh, you know, capitalize on that but uh, i'm going to i'm going to watch the game and enjoy it, it th- that's excellent advice cartelli watch the game and enjoy it i think it's entirely possible that the jets have a above average nfl defense and i think it's very possible the dolphins do as but dolphins have a wonderful pair of corners so naturally you just want to throw the ball down the field recklessly in week one rather than giving yourself a chance to win and if Damian Harris doesn't fumble, but I digress. Dan, um, your final thoughts. Well, remember that they're, um, they're only tomato cans if the Patriots beat them. Right. Well put. Uh, with the Saints, I was trying to watch the Carolina game to get a, get a feel for them, but that probably wasn't a good game to get <laughs> no. the beat on them at right, all. Right, right. Yeah. That's true, so... Uh, that, that wasn't your final thought, Dan. That's on me. I'll take a lap when the podcast is over. Uh, now we're in our final thought segment. Uh, Scartelli, you have the floor. Uh, wrap up the podcast, the post-Jets post pre-New Orleans podcast. Uh, this is less a uh, final thought than a, uh, than a uh, point of clarification. Evan doesn't watch film. He grinds tape. He grinds YouTube, and I won't say what he <laughs> grinds YouTube to, but he does grind YouTube. The All-22 crew, man, they're exhausting. Uh, they really are exhausting. Uh, Dan, before your final thought, and I'm going to do my best to not go into the Clavin shake. The goddamn Manning cast. Uh, thank God Crafty Bob stopped the rhetoric. Here's the Manning cast from the... Uh, Lions at Packers game uh, that happened on September 20th. We're recording the day after. Uh, fair and balanced ESPN. Way to go, Crafty Bob, stopping the rhetoric. That second Super Bowl in Indianapolis, and they practiced at your facility all week. Were you a little nervous going back in your facility the next year that they didn't have, like, cameras in your quarterback room? Every time I played against New England, we, I used to go and talk to my receivers, like, in the shower in the far corner. I'm like, don't talk about a play next to my locker, because I know it's bugged. I know it's got a hot mic in there. We're in the shower. Very strange to see seven guys hanging out back there in the shower, but take all precautions out there. Oh, little snap count there, E. All right, he was in the shower with seven guys. Not that there's anything wrong with that caller, but Dan, I mean, come on. I mean, predictably, I mean, they were, they were clearly operating in jest here, but the, the media yeah. firestorm was predictable. You know, first, I want to defend my vouch from last week because uh, I, I realized that it was the the perfect storm of uh, or, or the product of, of a situational thing in, in the game. So I listened again this week and they were just meh. It was 
it's it's not something that they can carry over for the entire entirety of a game. Would you say it was a situational vouch? That's it was a sit. There you go, situational vouch. Perfect. John's got an out now. <laughs> yeah, he's going to use that from from here on out. No, just like you said with with Manning, obviously he's trying to make a joke. I think we're all kind of inured to these types of Spygate cheating jokes. Uh, and I, I guess six Lombardi trophies will do that for you. But again, it's, it's the people, it, it's really about who, who runs with that. And, and then of course, uh, Mike Florio was like the first one to say, Oh, but what he really meant was this really happened. And it even, I think it even popped up on like the today show this morning. It did. It did. I'm sure Hoda Cobb and Kathy Lee, uh, whatever. I don't even know who's on the today show anymore. Dylan Dreyer. I'm not up in my weather bunnies. We we lost our weather bunny expert from the 15net.com recently, but Scartelli, do you want to uh, wrap up? You know, this is final thoughts, but I think I have to offer you a chance to uh, opine on the despicable Manning family. The Manning crime family, exactly. And and the great news is that that, that, that young arch is going to be on the way. And Oh, great. Oh, <laughs> and great. So we've got that to look forward to. Well, well, the good news is that no trainers were teabagged and Eli did not sell any um, false memorabilia during the making of the Manning cast. Um, Entitledtown at gmail.com. Dan, do you want to talk about the offenses of the other teams now? Let's let's not get into the the Broncos salary cap shenanigans or anything. The Giants, the, the skeletons in the New York Giants closets. Anyway, that's Bill's dream job. We don't want to sully uh, the reputation of the sainted Maras and the New York football giants uh, still can't pursue his dream job when, you know, he leaves after this year because he didn't want Mac. The uh, email address is entitledtown at gmail.com. The Twitter account is at entitledtown. I would like to say, and I referenced this a little bit earlier. I'm actually proud to report that the 15net.com um, we want to cover the whole league, not like Burt Brewer and Urine, but we do want to cover the whole league. And we have an update on the injury for Steelers linebacker, pass rusher, TJ Watt. Let's go to our, our new reporter, Mayday Marion, with his report. Time to rap about a controversy. Go take a stand, won't show no mercy. A lot of folks say Jock should be doing the sports news on TV. I don't Turn off your radios. 